the Lord. God bless this evening. We're running a little late. I'm just going to move this up. I know every time I say I move this up, then I'm out the way. So praise the Lord today. Or once again, we want to welcome you to the Tabernacle of Deliverance Incorporated. Sunday evening services with Pastor Bernard Wells. Um, we are now located at 35 South Middletown Road, Nanuet, New York, 10954 on the third floor. We have uh, Wednesday, evening, Wednesday evening Bible study at 815, Sunday evening services at 515. We have communion service every third Sunday after, uh, you know, following uh, our Sunday service. You can watch our full Sunday service messages on YouTube at PastorBWells.com. That's on YouTube at PastorBWells.com. You can also uh, send a love offering. Um, you can uh, also... Um, Visit our website at the Tabernacle at Tabernacle of Deliverance, inc.org. Once again, that Tabernacle of Deliverance, inc.org. You can leave a prayer request, a testimony, and you could become a partner. We would really appreciate. It. Amen. So let us begin with a word of prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, O oh God, for another day that you've given us, O oh God. We ask you to forgive us our sins, O oh God. Cleanse our heart, O oh God, today. We thank you. We thank you that you brought us here safely in spite of the obstacles that, were, that got in the way, O oh Lord. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Because we, all, we can only thank you and praise your name. Oh, let us clap our hands and give thanks unto you. Let us raise our voices. Let us thank you continuously for what you have done, oh God, for what you're about to do, oh God. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. We'll start with what a mighty God we serve. <laughs> what a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him, heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. All oh, the angels bow before him, heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. Jesus is the God. Jesus is the God we serve. Jesus is the God we serve. The angels, the angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. Jesus is the God we serve. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Oh, the angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. One more time. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Oh, the angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. Glory, 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 glory. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he has done for me, my soul cries out hallelujah. I thank God for saving me. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my very soul cries out, hallelujah, I thank God for saving me, I thank God for saving me, I thank God for saving me, I thank God for saving 
If Jesus goes with me, if Jesus goes with me, I'll go anywhere. It's heaven to me, wherever I'll be, as long as he is there. I count it a privilege here. My cross to bear. If Jesus goes with me, I'll go anywhere. One more time. If Jesus goes with me, I'll go anywhere. 
It's heaven to me, wherever I'll be, as long as he is there. I count it a privilege my cross to bear. If Jesus go with me, I'll go. If Jesus goes with me, I'll go anywhere. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Glory to your name, oh God. You're worthy to be praised. You're worthy, worthy, worthy. Glory, hallelujah. I'm going to turn the service now over to our pastor, Bernard Wells. Amen. If Jesus goes with me, I'll go anywhere. It's heaven to me, wherever I be, as long as he's there. I tell it a privilege in here, or rather here, if my cross to there. If Jesus goes with me, I'll go anywhere. All the time, so we used to sing in church. If Jesus goes with me, I'll go. That means if nobody's going but you, anywhere. Is heaven to me, wherever I be, as long as he's there. Hallelujah. I counted a privilege here. Uh -huh. My cross to there. If Jesus goes with me, I'll go. Yeah. Hallelujah. That's something to think about. My cross to bear. Jesus going with me anywhere I go. As long as Jesus goes, it's going to be all right. I like that. Yeah. As long as Jesus goes, I know the lighting is acting up here with this. We'll be correcting that shortly. Amen. You got to deal with your obstacles and overcome them. You got to overcome your obstacles as they attack you. That's why the song says if Jesus goes with you, you can go anywhere. Whatever happens to you, wherever you be, as long as Jesus goes with you. Bow your head for a moment. Yeah, fumbling around with this thing today. Just bow your head for a moment and let's pray. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Father, we thank you for this time of fellowship. We thank you for your word. We thank you for salvation. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your provisions. We thank you for making ways out of the ways. We thank you for saving. We thank you for delivering. We thank you for binding the hands of the enemy on every hand. We thank you for the victory that you've given us in Jesus' name. I ask you to touch every devil soul watching this broadcast right now. I should break every yoke in your life and meet their needs in Jesus' name. Get the Bible. And let's run over to Ephesians chapter 2. Tonight we're talking about faith part 2. Faith part 2. Amen. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. We must have faith in God to please him. We can't assume we have faith. We must have faith. Now, the scripture has told us that God has given everyone a measure of faith. Now, how much that measure of faith is, I don't know. It's what we do with that measure of faith that we have. That's something to think about. It's what you do <coughs> with the measure of faith that God has given you. 
You can take the faith and be useless and pack it up and put it away. It's like people take the gifts that God has given them. They, they pack them up and put them away. Hey, I don't want to do that. But these in chapter 2 and verse 8 says, For by grace ye are saved through faith, but that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Let me read it one more time. For by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. Faith. Real faith is from God. The gift of faith is from God. You now, listen to this. A lot of people have, have faith, and they're not saved. But why do unsaved people have faith? Why do people that don't even believe in God have faith? Because God has given every man, woman, boy, and girl a measure of faith. Everybody have a measure of faith. I don't know how much faith that is. Then some people have the gift of faith. Just like some people have miracles. The gift of miracles. The gift of healing. But this scripture here tells us how we get saved. We get saved by faith. We get saved by faith in God. We get saved by obedience to God's word, acting on faith. Now, here's the thing about faith and getting saved. You don't see Jesus. You just hear a message of somebody talking about Jesus. You hear somebody talking about Jesus is a savior. He can bring you out of your misery. He can bring you out of your sins or whatever you're going through. He can do that. And that faith that God has instilled in you when before you were born, activate. And you act on that faith by accepting Jesus Christ only according to what the Bible says because you haven't seen him. See, something that you see, you don't have to really have faith in it. Everybody here sitting on the chair, they didn't say, come in saying, oh, I don't know if that chair hold me. They just sat down on the chair. Now, if the chair break with them on it, that's a different story. But they came in and sat down in faith that the chair was going to hold them. They didn't investigate the chair. They didn't pick it up, turn it upside down, and, and shake it to see how much weight it holds. They just sat down. That's faith. Now, if you came in and took the chair and turned it upside down and shake it and looked to see underneath it to see how much weight it holds, that wouldn't be faith. That would be you basing the weight off the chair for you. That's not faith. Faith is you sat in that chair not knowing how much weight capacity it can hold, but you sat there believing that it'll hold you. Now, not every chair you could do that. But these chairs here, you can sit on them. You got to guess it out how much weight it can hold. <laughs> it's not going to show you. I remember back in church, we had a sister that weighed about 560, probably 600. And she had, they had the chairs, Tabernacle was a big church. And it had, uh, it was a 4,000 seater. And uh, it had a balcony at a lower level. And um, in the back, all the ushers, everybody, they sat in the back. And uh, the deacon sat in the front. So this sister, they made a chair just for her. They opened the chair up just for her. So when you, you see the chair, you see this little large special chair. They simply took the side out of the one of the chairs so it could open up the whole her. So one Sunday, somebody came and sat in her chair. Boy, it was a mess. I'm not going to fool you. It was a mess. She said, you sitting in that chair. Where am I going to sit? Well, she was actually telling the truth. It was nowhere for her to sit. <laughs> she was so big that she couldn't sit in no other chair there. It was beyond hope. So the sister, I felt sorry for the sister that sat in that chair because she didn't want to get up. But you deal with a 560. She's going to move you whether you want to be moved or not. She said, get out of my chair. Now, when she said it, she didn't say it too nice. She said it with authority. Get out of my chair. The lady looked up at her. I don't know what the lady was thinking, but I know one thing. She got out of that chair pretty quick. <laughs> So the, the 560 sat in the chair knowing it could hold her. 
because they said it for her. It wasn't an act of faith if they could set that chair up for her so she could fit in it because she couldn't fit nowhere else. That's the truth. I knew her personally, too. She was a nice lady. She was just 560. Faith is something you don't see. Faith is something that's not looking at you. Faith is something you simply act on. People want a, a promotion on a job. I want to tell you a story about somebody with a promotion on a job. One of my friends, he told me a story about his job back in the 80s. He worked for a big corporate company in the city. And this is during the time when everybody was jumping out of the window and, and committing suicide because the stock market had dropped. Everything fell apart, so everybody was committing suicide. So he happened to work for the very company the people were jumping out of the window. By faith, this man started paying $5 more tithes every time he got paid. He didn't tell nobody nothing. He didn't tell nobody a word. Now, he's working at the company where they're downsizing. A people committing suicide. Here he is paying more time to get a raise. Would you believe the man actually got a raise and a promotion and wound up getting a fabulous apartment? He wound up in one of those fancy complexes. I was stunned. When he told the testimony, I was shocked. I had just got paid. And you hear, I'm like, God could do that? He simply acted on faith in what God said. Because God cannot be outgiven. You can't outgive God. You know why people don't be blessed? They don't know how to give. You got to give in faith. And I'm not talking about money generally, your time, your life living. You got to be willing to stretch out on God in faith. And this man stressed out on faith in God. He didn't tell a soul what was going on. The Bible said what you do in secret, God will reward you openly. He openly rewarded this man. He blessed this man beyond measure. Amen. A lot of times a lot of us don't receive blessings because we live in unbelief. We live in doubt that God can't do it. But this man said, I don't care about people jumping out the window. My God can provide for me. I don't care about people getting laid off, the job being downside. I'm expecting God to give me a promotion and a raise. And not a soul in the church knew about it. He didn't tell nobody. He just kept on faithfully giving. And he just kept on faithfully giving. And he kept on giving extra money like he had a raise already. Now, he wasn't doing it after he got the raise. Now, this is interesting. He really didn't have the extra money. To pay extra time, but yet this man took a step of faith and started paying more time than if he already had the raise. I think it was some months later. He got his raise and his promotion and wound up and had a fancy apartment. I've been to his apartment, so I see now I'm like, wow, how did you get here? Because you can't outgive God. Your obedience to God. Builds your faith even more. And that's what happened with him. God built his faith up through his obedience. And he wasn't a simple person. He'd been through a lot of things. For him to step out on faith like that was amazing. And God rewarded him. <coughs> so let's look at that scripture again. Ephesians 2 and 8 says, For by grace you are saved. Now, I know people... Work their way into heaven. Nobody works their way into heaven. I know people try to cook their way into heaven. Nobody cooks their way into heaven. Nobody cooks their way into heaven. You can't give your way into heaven. There's none of those things. We are saved by grace through faith. The grace can only be activated in your life when you act on it. People go to church. They belong to many religious organizations. But the problem with belonging to a religious organization is that it doesn't give and guarantee you eternal life. It could guarantee you lifelong membership. It could guarantee you positions. But it can't guarantee you eternal life. That's what I try to get people to understand when I was coming up as a kid. One of the things that 
uh, uh, the church that I went to since I was raised in a Methodist church. They had all these wacky rules. I always tell a story about them taking my candy money to heaven. And I was so silly. I'm looking for the angel. I'm looking for the angel. They said the angel coming to get the money. And I never seen no angel. And I was trying to figure out how come we can't see the angel when he comes. I'm looking for the angel. <laughs> it used to be funny. Every Sunday morning, if my, my mother gave me candy money. <laughs> we had to put the money in the offering. Or she gave an offering. I really wanted to use it for candy. But uh, we had to put it in the offering. And then uh, the lady said that the angel is going to come and get the money and take it to heaven. Now, I'm always looking for this so-called angel. Why can't we see him? Why? Why are we being cheated? Only adults see the angel. I was upset. <clears throat> As I got older, I realized there was no angel coming. No. I realized that God don't need your money. I know preachers say, God needs your money. God doesn't need your money. God doesn't need your dollars. God doesn't need your, your financial support. You need God's financial support. <laughs> I don't need your money. All ministries that's in the building have TV broadcasts and radio broadcasts. It all takes money to do that. But God doesn't need your money. He's not coming to please give me your money. That's preaching on it. Please give me. Please. Please. They were lying to me from a child that God was coming to get the money. He was sending one of his angels. Just imagine that. God got to send an angel to collect money. I ain't nowhere in the Bible where God sent no angel to collect no money. It's either those in charge of that ministry going to collect that money or it's not getting collected. It's that simple. <clears throat> but the scripture said we're saved by grace through faith. And that is not of ourselves. Nothing we can do. None of our works that we can do to bring about that salvation. But us acting on faith in God's word. And the Bible said, how can they hear except a preacher? We said the preacher and they tell them they must be born again. Now be religious. Not stop drinking. Not stop smoking. Not stop partying. He's not. No, no, no. Those things don't save you. You must. He say by great. See, because people say you got to start drinking, you got to stop smoking, you got you don't got to do nothing. You got to get saved first, yeah. and let God clean you up. You can't expect God to do what you're supposed to do, and you do what God's supposed to do. It doesn't work that way. Now the scriptures that haven't there for these promises, dearly beloved. Let us cleanse ourselves from all futeness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. So therefore, there's something we have to do that's in our power. If it's not in your power to stop drinking and smoking and cussing and swear, therefore God has to deliver you. But you first got to give your life to the Lord. People think that deliverance only come to save people. That's not true. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible doesn't say that deliverance only comes to save people. Deliverance comes to those that's looking for it. Salvation is to the heirs of salvation. People that are heirs of salvation, they accept Christ, not even knowing that they're heirs of salvation. I think we act by faith. Let's move on. We act on faith. We're not saved on our own. We are saved by grace. Always remember that. There's nothing you could do. Nothing you can do for a pastor or a bishop or nobody can give you salvation except Christ Jesus. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. <clears throat> Let me pray for the broadcast. Father, in Jesus' name, touch everybody that's watching this broadcast. Break the yokes in their life, meet the needs in their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, uh, 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. Okay, look at what the scripture said. Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 said, For we walk by faith, not by sight. I'll read it again. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Remember what I told you about the chair? Remember I told you when you just came in, you just sat down on the chair? Nobody picked up the chair looking at it and see how much weight it holds. You walked by faith and sat down. You didn't go by the side underneath the chair. I don't even know if underneath the chair tell you how much weight. 
don't walk by what we see because our eyesight is deceptive. I know everybody knows Ray Charles. I know about Ray Charles. This is an interesting story about Ray Charles. I see a movie about Ray Charles. That is really interesting. Here's a man that was blind as a bat. Probably blinder than a bat. But this man could see. Not with his natural eyes. I was watching the movie how he was with women. He could tell that the woman was back simply by touching her hand. I'm like, how could this possibly possible? This man could just touch that lady arm, rub her arm, and tell her she's back. Goodbye. <laughs> He'll rub her face and tell her she was pretty ugly. I'm like, how could this be possible? But it actually happened. This man had insight that a natural eye couldn't pick up. He went beyond his natural sight and was able to see what those women were before he even talked to them. They'll get all happy when they see him, and he just rubbed their arm and said, ah, she's back. That was funny. But here's a blind man that can't see. Some of us can see, still can't tell the difference. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's funny. Some of us that got great eyesight still can't see. We walk by faith, not by what we see. They opened, I think it was Ray Charles, to give him an operation so he could see. He said, you think I want to see what y'all see? No, thank you. Why? Because it was better for him not to see than to see all the stuff that's going on around him. Because it would truly affect him mentally the way it affects so many people. That's something you got to think about. Eyesight affects us. I keep telling people how we get messed up. We get messed up by what we see, and we get messed up by what we hear. You can hear something that scares you to death. Uh, me and my mother-in-law got a little joke about a rat. <laughs> oh, what you hear can scare you. I was with my mother-in-law, and uh, I was doing some work on the computer, and my mother-in-law said, Bernard, Bernard, Bernard. I'm like, oh, God, what is this? She said, there's a rat on the table. No, under the table. So I'm going to tell you the truth. I got a broom and start pushing a box out the way to see what was going on. And now I've never heard, it was, it, I'll consider it to be a mouse, not a rat. But here's the thing. It kept getting louder and louder. The more you move something, the louder it got. And it got louder and louder and louder. So I told her to call my brother-in-law. <laughs> I wanted to join that because I never heard a mouse doing it before. Hey. We talk about faith. All right, now I got faith in my brother-in-law to come over and solve the problem. He used to be a state trooper, so I'm going to call him. I don't know what to do because the sound is getting louder. So I don't know what in the raccoon was that. So the noise keeps getting louder and louder. So she, oh, yeah, okay, I'm going to call. She go get her phone and noise stop. It was her phone. Her friend didn't hang up. It was so funny. <laughs> it was funny. It was funny. Now acting on my baby, call my brother-in-law. Cause the sound to stop, because she found her phone. <laughs> that was funny. Faith is something you don't see. What we hear affects our faith also. You got to be careful about what you accept when people say stuff. People tell you, oh, you can't get that job. Oh, you can't get it. Now, you're not trusting God. You don't ask God to do this thing. And they tell me, oh, you can't do that. You got to be careful what your ears hear. It can affect your faith. It can destroy your faith. Do you hear that? Amen. You could go apply for a car, your mortgage, and they say you ain't got enough credit. Well, who are you serving? The credit you will God. Who are you serving? Where is your faith? Where is your faith? Where is your faith? What did you do with it? But the credit bureau said, what the? The credit bill get paid millions of dollars each year to tell people that. People don't know that. I look at my credit score every day. It goes up and down like a yo-yo. Bing, 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 bing. It's like a train. Bing, bing, bing. Up and down. Non-stop. Your credit goes up and down like a yo-yo. And do you know some people that are paranoid? Oh, my God, my credit dropped 10 points. Oh, it went up 15. Oh, it went back down. I was listening to a, a business uh <laughs> <clears throat> a business meeting 
And they were talking about um, uh, credit. They said, listen, stop worrying about your credit and just go about your business and pay your bills. Because if you worry about your credit, you're going to get jacked. Because it goes up and down like you got Credit Karma, you got uh, Credit.com, Credit Sesame. You got all these different bureaus uh, connected to the bureaus. And everybody tell you a different score. And your score drops up, drops. Then it goes up. Then it smells up. Then it drops down. And then they accuse you. You don't have a new mortgage. You don't have another car loan. You don't have enough of this. If you spend your time focusing on that, you will never receive anything from God by faith. But you go about what the credit bureau say. Amen. Did you hear what I said? What if somebody stole your credit card or got your credit file and got credit cards in your name and ran them up? It's still going to affect you. It's not going to affect them because they got your info. But you have to have faith in God to provide. If God is capable of providing a, a table in the wilderness for the children of Israel, he can provide a home, a car, whatever you need. As long as we live on this earth, I have to tell you this is really bad. You're going to go through. <laughs> as long as you live on this earth, you're going to go through something. There is nobody on this earth, saved or not, that don't go, not, go through nothing. I know people have this figment imagination that all rich people, billionaires, they never go through nothing. Well, if you ask one of them, they're going to tell you, I'm, I'm worried about losing all my money. And you got the poor say, I'm, I'm worried about never having no money. Amen. Have faith in God. Yes, yes. See, I'd rather have faith in money because money can run out. Credit can go down. But faith can be built upon daily as you live before God. Yeah. Faith. What did you do with your faith? Where did your faith go? Where did that excitement that God was going to do this and God was going to do that? Yeah. You talked to people. And you told them what you were looking for God to do for you. And as you talked to them, they said, oh, child. You know how women get together on the phone? Oh, child, you know, I don't think God is able to do that for you. Or she don't, they won't say for you. They'll say, I don't think God is able to do that. They're really saying for you. Because they know all your business already. So they're going to assume that God's not capable of doing those things for you. The Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. <clears throat> It's just like this, this, this tablet lighting is going in and out like a yo-yo all of a sudden. Never happened before. All of a sudden, it's going dark and light, dark and dark and light. But I have faith I'm going to pass this. Oh. We got somebody's phone going. Uh -huh. But faith is something you don't see. Faith is something you don't hear. It's something that you actually act upon. Amen. It's something that you do something about. You step out of faith. This is how I want to tell people, and that's where is your faith? Yeah. If faith is not based on maturity, everybody's got this messed up. Amen. Do you know your faith is a spiritual uh, tool that you use in the spiritual realm? And it comes in the natural realm and give you those things that you need. Everything the child of God gets comes through the spirit. It doesn't come through the natural. Amen. Amen. Your success, your healing, your deliverance, your marriage, it all comes through the spirit of God. And how you act on it. Yeah, yeah. And how do you act on God's word in what we have to get in the rear? The Lord said, okay, hurry, bro. They'll come back again the next day. Oh, God, bless me with a new job. Okay, I heard you yesterday. The next day after that, oh, God, bless me with a new job. In Jesus' name. 
How many jobs do you want me to bless you with? How many jobs do you want? You can, you can barely work one. Now you're going to ask me for three jobs. And you can't work one. You're not praising for the first job. You're not asking for a third job. This is why we're not supposed to use vain repetition when we pray. That's vain repetition. You're praying over the same thing over and over. But somebody says, the Bible said we should uh, pray without ceasing. He didn't say pray over the same thing. There's millions of things to pray for. There's millions of people to pray for. Some of us got big family. We could spend our lifetime praying for all them devils. We got a lot of crazy devilish people in our family. We could spend our whole lifetime praying for them. You can pray for each one in one day out of year. You can probably pray for your whole family in a year. I have a big family. It would take me a, a couple of years to pray for them. But we don't act on faith. We act on vain repetitions, praying over the same thing over and over and over again, and never pray God. If you don't praise God, he cannot work for you. Don't believe me? Read your Bible. It says that God happened in the praises of Israel. He gets, <laughs> he gets involved in the praises of his people. When you praise God, God will get involved in what's going on in your life. What's going on in your life and around your life, God will get involved. I heard, I was reading a book this morning. And it the writer said something interesting. He said, I don't understand why Christians spend all their time talking about how bad the devil is and what the devil did this and the devil did that and the devil did all that and the devil. Blah, 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 blah. He said, I don't understand why they don't spend all the time talking about what God is doing. I don't understand why they don't talk about what God is capable of doing. Oh, they go, oh, the devil did this to me, the devil did that to her, blah, 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 blah. And they don't just so spend the whole thing, how bad the demon, the demon is so bad, they're bad, they're bad. What happened to God? We serve in God. We should be rejoicing in what God is doing so we can see God hand move. The more you magnify God, this is, this is true. People that are sick, if you took time to praise God, you could praise God out of your illness. Did you hear what I said? You could praise God out of your illness. You could praise God out of your sickness. You read Hebrews. The book of Hebrews I call the Hall of Fame of Faith. Because so many people in the book of Hebrews receive things through faith in God. They didn't go by what nobody said. They didn't go by what they heard. They didn't go by nothing but what God said. And they received miracles. They received a dead grave. They received eternal inheritance. Why? Because they all acted on faith. They simply acted on faith. Faith is something you don't see. Faith is something you don't hear. I've heard one preacher say, I, see, I feel faith coming alive. Faith is already alive. You just have to act on it. Everybody is given a measure of faith. Everybody, think of this. Everybody is given a measure of faith. What everybody is not given is wisdom. Did you hear that? Everybody's not given wisdom. Now that's interesting because wisdom is very important, but everybody's not given. Everybody's not given a measure of wisdom. The Bible said that God said, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask the Father of life, hold on, God, and he'll give you faith liberty. He'll freely give you, excuse me, he'll freely give you the wisdom that you need. He'll freely give you the wisdom that you need, but you gotta ask. And I'm one of those guys that spent years asking God for wisdom. I think I spent about 10 years asking God for wisdom. One day I was, I think I was at my wife's house when this happened. I was sitting in a chair and I was saying, oh God, give me wisdom. It's hard to do this thing right. And the Lord spoke to me in an audible voice and said, why don't you use what I already gave you? I said, what? You gave me wisdom? I was so busy asking God for wisdom I didn't know I had any. I didn't know he already gave me wisdom. I was so busy asking it. That's how we are with faith. We ask him for the same thing over and over and over and over and never receive it. Then we get upset with God, but you never act. You act, but you never act. Do you know people go to acting school and never become actors? They go to acting college. They go through it, they get the acting degrees and all that, and they never become active. They never take the step. They got the degree. 
And then some Joe come along, never went to acting school, and a producer spots him. Now, one of the famous accidents that actually happened to him, he was a carpenter. And he actually seen him in Spider-Man. I'm going to make you a star. And he did. He's a multimillionaire today. But the story about this is he was there to respond when a request was made. And the thing with what most people is, when we ask God something in faith, we don't wait for him to respond. We keep asking the same thing over and over. Faith is important when you walk with God. Faith is important when you live for God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So you've got to act and build the faith you have that God already gave you. He gave you something. He gave you something. The Bible didn't say how much the bigger the better the bigger. It didn't say how much it is. It could be a little bit. But the point is, God gave you faith. And you are supposed to grow your faith each and every day. You are supposed to grow your faith until you're strong enough in faith to do great exploits. Until you're ready to do great exploits, you grow your faith. You grow your relationship with God through faith. Look at that verse. Look at what that verse says. Take a look at that verse. 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by what we see. Now, by faith, I can't say 100 people here because this place can't hold 100 people. But by faith, I can say 60 people here. I don't see them. You don't see them. But who cares what you see? Faith is an action word that you act on. You do something. And watch God do the work. You act on it and thank God for it. Oh my gosh, if the church only did this. We would see great miracles in our own lives if we ask God and really praise God for it. You can't ask God to do something. Right? Oh, I'm waiting. I asked God to give me a new, another car. Oh, you call up every minute. Hey, I'm waiting for God to give me another car. Hey, I'm waiting. you ain't not took no time to thank God for it. You have to thank God for what you want. Do you know what a child does? A child going to ask mommy for something. I had one of my nieces, she like to eat munchies with me, like cookies. So she knows that I keep cookies. So she come to get cookies. So come say, where's the cookies? And it was like, oh, she said, where's the cookies? I am so gullible, go get the cookies out of the refrigerator and give her. But she knows I have those cookies and faith. She comes to me in faith, no one capable of delivering those cookies to her. She knows by faith already that uncle has those cookies. He got his stash of cookies and I'm going to get me some. And that's exactly how we are to be with God. We are to go to God knowing that he's capable of providing what we ask for according to his will. So you got to know what God's will is through his word and then you can act on it. <coughs> People confuse faith with materialistic things. People think faith is just getting a car, a house, a new job, fancy clothes, uh, having $50,000 in the bank. That sounds really nice having 50 grand in the bank. That sounds real nice. If y'all got it, I'll take it. I need it for you. Um, but most people look at life that way. That's faith. I've heard people say, that, well, I got plenty of money in the bank. I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing I'm all right. I'm doing good. That's not faith. That's having money in the bank. That's having a good job. That's having a nice house in the car. That's not faith. That's materialistic things that faith can help you obtain. Yeah. That's not faith. You can live in a shack and have more faith than everybody has a mansion. Yeah. This is where we make a mistake about faith. Faith is given to us from God that we grow daily. Faith is something you ask on. I don't care what nobody says. One famous preacher mother was dying from cancer. In fact, the father died from cancer, from what I understand. She was dying from cancer. All her friends were telling her, oh, she's about to die. Oh, she's going to die. 
And she told, she wanted to let them know, I'm, I'm a real God. I'm going to trust God. God's going to help me. God's going to help me. Woman, don't you know you got cancer? You're going to die. Now they had deliverance ministry. But yet the people that I told you, don't you know you're going to die? They didn't believe a word she said. He couldn't hardly get around. She couldn't hardly move around. But she did the best she can. She went through her Bible and found all those scriptures about God healing and in faith and what God would do when you act on faith and what God's word said about healing. She took those scriptures. She got them all together and started confessing those scriptures daily. Every single day she was confessing those scriptures that God is a healer. He's the Lord thy God that heals me and the man that makes me sick. She had some prayer partners and stuff that she told and they just ignored her. Why? Because they knew she had cancer for stage four. She was going to die in a book. But in her book, she went to the big book. She went to God's book and asked her what his word say. That woman got healed by God, not by man. She was able to testify that God heals her by her confessing God's word and acting in faith, but nobody believed her. That's faith. That type of faith moved mountains. You read the story in the Bible where it says, speak to the mountain and it'll move. People don't believe that. They only quote it. Did you hear what I said? Many people quote that scripture, speak to the mountain and it'll move. Well, if that mountain have any rust to spit at you, it'll probably spit some rock at you because you know you ain't got no faith. <laughs> it'll spit some big boulders at you. Move mountain. Move in Jesus' name. That mountain sit right there and throw some rocks at you. They come tumbling down at you. Yeah. I always talk to that was a story about the vampire movies. Come on, all y'all to see some of them crazy vampire. They, vampire movies were hot a few years ago. Now it's zombies. That's how the world works. But the vampires, I always tell the story because I realize it's true. With the vampires, the vampires. Come out to bite somebody, suck some blood. They don't care if you're black, white, orange, and all you got red blood, they want it. Okay? They ain't racist. Okay? They don't care if you're gay or straight. They want blood, brother. They coming to get your blood. So what happened was I was watching one of the movies, the vampire was coming to attack them. They were supposed to be going to kill the vampire. So the priest had to cross and continue, get back. Get back. That vampire looked at him and said, What are you talking? You talking to me? The vampire said, the, the, the priest said, get back, get back. And the vampire looked at him and said, are you serious? He's saying, get back. The vampire said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to come and bite you. <laughs> but the man that was with the priest took that cross from the priest and told that vampire, I said, get back. That vampire started backing up because they knew the man had faith and the, the priest didn't. The vampire knew that the man that took the cross from the priest had the faith. Now the man with the took the cross didn't profess to be a priest, didn't profess to be religious. He simply had faith that that cross was going to stop him. Yeah. There's a big difference. That's why I tell people all oh, your religious teaching and all that can't do that. That's not where faith comes from. Faith comes by hearing the word of God and then you acting on that word and let that word saturate you in your heart and let it break those jokes in your life and let it tear down those walls. That's like the, the lady with the mother that was dying from cancer. She acted on God's word and faith. She didn't go by what nobody else said. Just like the individual that came up here for prayer all the way through all that rain. And God delivered him. Because he said he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Yeah. I don't know what's coming with the crazy He's being work when he wants to. But God sent his word to heal them. And deliver them from their destruction. This is what God wants to do with our faith. He wants our faith to rise so we can be strong enough to stand on our own. And stand up to the enemy and rebuke him in Jesus' name. But not be afraid. Faith is something you have to 
Matthew 6 and 33 real quick. Look at that scripture, Matthew 6 33. Scripture says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. I'll read it again. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. All these things that you desire will be added unto you, but you got to seek God's kingdom by faith. You have to be willing to seek God's kingdom by faith. You have to be willing to seek God's gracious kingdom. You've got to be willing to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, the only way you're going to know God's righteousness is through his word, by reading his word, by studying his word. That's the only way you're going to know his righteousness. You're not knowing, you're not going to know his righteousness by going to church. You're not going to know the Lord's righteousness by being religious or, or singing, you're going to know it through going through God's word and studying God's word. That's how you're going to learn his righteousness. That verse tells us something that's so important, but we go around that scripture, we don't really accept that scripture because it tells us we have to do something. We want the other things, but we don't want to seek after God's righteousness. We want the nice things in life we want. We want to be happy. Everybody wants to be happy. I want to be happy. I want to be happy. Everybody wants to be happy. Nobody wants to die. Everybody wants to live forever. But they want they don't want to live right. They don't want to live right. They don't want to do what they're supposed to do. But you have to be willing to do what you're supposed to do to receive full kingdom blessings. Kingdom of God. That's through faith. You cannot see God without faith in Him. The Bible says, "Him that comes talk to God must first believe that He is, and that He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him." And that's coming through faith. You must have faith in God. You must act on God's word in faith. People talk about faith. Most of the faith teachers they have. Our prosperity uh, uh, teachers, they teach about being prosperous and being prosperous. God's going to bless you. The truth is, this is a God's honest truth. God is going to bless you one way or another if you obey his word. He's going to bless you going in and he's going to bless you coming out because you obeyed what his word said. That's the thing. They teach you that God found just blessing, but they don't teach you you have to live right. You are not going to attain nothing spiritual from God or eternal life without salvation. You're not going to have eternal life without salvation. They talk to you about how to live good here on this earth. But um, the Bible said, asking from the body, perfect with the Lord. So you've got to get right and stay right before God every day. All right, let's go over real quick to... Um, Hebrews 10 23. Sometimes I gotta check my own hand right here. <clears throat> Hebrews 10 23. Look at that verse. <clears throat> Hebrews 10 23 says, 
Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that's promised. Let me read it again. Let us hold fast the profession of, of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised you eternal life. You see what I just said? He's faithful. God is faithful. You have to be the one. This is what I keep saying. This is a personal journey. Your faith journey, your personal faith journey. This is your personal faith journey. It says, look at the verse again. It says, let us hold fast the profession that you say you're saved. Now go to church. Big difference. <clears throat> when you talk to people, the most things, first things come out of most people's mouth is, I go to so-and-so church. I go over to, but I, when I first got saved, how about I go a prayer with a big thing? If you went there, you caught out there and said, I go to Tabernacle Prayer for the Apostle Johnny Washington. And you said that, everybody goes to you. But that's not really the right way to do this. The right way to do this is say, oh, you go to church? I'm saved. And I go over to so-and-so church. See, you got to get this right. We're we trying to brag on the ministry we go to, but we got to let know, people know first that I'm saved. And they don't want to know what you mean by saying. Then you got the opportunity to witness to them. Then you got the opportunity to bring them to church. So they can learn more about being saved. That's the thing. But then, we, when we were young, our teenagers, we were there. I'm going to tabernacle of prayer. I'm guilty of what? I'm going to tabernacle of prayer. It was exciting because God was moving. And, oh, my gosh, it was exciting. We were teenagers, young, coming up. 18, 19, 20, we were, oh, we were excited to be in church. I mean, we were having a time at church. We were praising God. I mean, oh my gosh. Church was excited. Church wasn't born. I mean, we had church. <clears throat> my mother used to fuss with me coming home. Because my friends, <laughs> my friends already be home. I'm waiting on the D train in Brooklyn trying to get home. And I'm the last one to get home. And then my crazy friend will call the house. It's been not home yet. And my mother said, where did you go? They are already home. <laughs> oh, you don't have to dream up. But we had church when we went to church. It was exciting. We were excited about God. We were excited about what God was doing. We didn't want to miss nothing. We didn't want to miss nothing. We wanted to see God move every time. We go there. Even if you didn't understand everything about God, you were excited about what God was doing. And that's one of the things we missed today. We're not excited about what God is doing. Look at what this scripture says. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. I mean, God aside the side today. I'm going to be saved tomorrow. I'll go to tomorrow. I'm going to live right. Maybe the next day or what? That's not salvation. Faith is something you don't see. You act on it. You're looking for eternal life. You're looking for eternal redemption. And what you do. You live one day at a time, just like the scripture says, uh, and are you holding forth your, your, your profession of your faith without wavering because he is faithful to what he promised you. If God promised you eternal life, he's going to perform it. If God promised you deliverance, he's going to perform it. But it's our faith that makes these things happen. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to obtain blessings from God. The scripture says, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither have they entered into the hearts of men. The thing that God has prepared for them that love him. Everyone standing. It's an exciting time in God. It's an exciting time because God is still doing business in the same old way. He's still delivering. He's still breaking yokes. He's still meeting needs. Those of you that are watching this broadcast right now, God wants to bring your faith alive in you. God wants to stir up that faith in you today. God wants to break that yoke in your life today. God wants to show you that faith is something that can take you on your journey and help you reach where you want to go in him. Bow your head, those that are watching the broadcast, let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask that you save every living soul that listens under the sound of my voice. 
I ask that you touch every soul right now and break every yoke in their life in Jesus' name. I need you all as much as you broke them, repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. I ask you to come into my heart to be my Lord and my personal Savior. I thank you for saving me right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen. Remember, we have Bible study Wednesday night at 8 15, and we have Sunday service at 5 15 p.m. right here at 35 South Middletown Road. Now you went New York 10954 until Wednesday night Bible study. I'll see you. God bless.